Welcome to episode 119 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I'm talking with my friend and colleague, Beth Farako from Beth Farako Fitness. Beth is a strength and nutrition coach. She's a recovering alcoholic, and she is TikTok's resident BS monitor. Nothing's getting by Beth on TikTok. We talk today about alcohol and weight loss. We talk about how to become somebody who can eat things like candy and cookies in moderation. And Beth, of course, busts some fitness and nutrition myths for us. Let's go. Beth Barocco. How are you? Good. So good to see you. You too. What have you been up to today? I just did a podcast um, with my friend, Matt, the one that we're doing. We just did like a, we're trying to batch content right now. So look at you being so organized. (laughs) I'm super impressed. (laughs) Super impressive. So Beth, I'm going to do a really good proper introduction of you um, after we chat. Um, But for right now, tell people, give us like four bullet points. If somebody wants to know like, who's Beth Farako, why should I even listen to her? Give me four bullet points about you. They should know. Oh, geez. (laughs) Okay. Probably the first one that comes to mind is no bullshit. Um, (laughs) Yep. I'd put that there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm I, you know, that's hard for me to say. That's the first one that comes, but I guess sober would be another one. Yeah. Um, that's cause that's a big part of me. Um, sober, no bullshit, strong and helpful. I don't know. That's good. That's good. Those are, those are definitely words I would use to describe you. People might be listening and be like, interesting, sober. But that's actually a really big part of your story when it comes to fitness. You know, I always say that strength training changed my life. It changed my life. And some people think that that's kind of like hyperbole and it's not for me. Like strength training literally changed my life. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the way I've heard your story, I feel like you could say like strength training helped to save your life. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us like, about that. Fitness saved my, saved my life for sure. It's, it's um, becoming sober and then getting into fitness is what actually keeps me sober is helping people. Yeah. So tell us about that. This, we're not, this is not that far in the distant past. We're not talking like in your twenties, like you're a woman in her forties and yeah. you made this transition to sobriety in your forties. Yeah. I was 42. Tell us about it. Um, so, you know, I guess my drinking kind of escalated it, it, you know, alcoholism is like a progressive disease. So, you know, it, it didn't become progressive until I'd say like after in my forties, after my son was born. So long story short, you know, I used to bartend in LA and, um, I had, you know, my 18th year was very tragic as a child. I had, you know, my father passed away. My best friend, um, died in a car accident. And then another friend killed himself at a party I was at. So from then I just, you know, took off, you know, went to LA, San Diego, um, Arizona, Florida, and just kind of traveled, um, you know, did the bartending life. Um, and so I kind of carried the bartending life into my married life. Um, that's a long story, but my, um, high school sweetheart and I reunited, um, like 12 years ago, we were separated for 20 years during this time when I was traveling. 
Um, and he, we got back together. I moved to Maine. Um, he had a stroke, uh, basically right in front of me. So we just had gotten back together. Haven't seen him in 20 years. He's 40 years old and had a stroke from planting trees. He was a landscaper. So he, it wasn't from health reasons. He turned his neck the wrong way and the carotid artery in his neck. Um, apparently it's something common that happens. It happens on roller coasters and yeah, it was really scary. So he was in rehab. He couldn't talk for probably two months. And, you know, a few days after, um, I found out I was pregnant with our son. So he had a stroke. I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, he was, he's a completely different person from that. Um, what happened to him? Um, you know, he's not a hundred percent. So, um, it's almost like I lost him, the person that he was, and now he's completely different. So when I had my son, you know, he owned a business or owns a business. Um, I was a stay at home mom and, um, I felt really isolated. Um, alone and just, you know, everything was just different. And so I would just drink wine every night, you know, and then, you know, he would, he was also plowed, um, snow in the winter. So he'd be gone for, you know, the storms here he'd be gone for a few days at a time. Um, and so I would just drink mm. and one day it was like 2015 in August. It was our, um, wedding anniversary. And I was at a family barbecue and I drank probably close to a bottle or a little, probably more, I don't remember, um, of wine. And I drove me and the kids home and I remember we made it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the fact that I woke up and I'm like, wow, um, I could have killed the kids. I could have killed myself and I could have probably killed somebody else. If if I keep continuing this, it's not going to be good. Um, so there's a church down the street from us that had AA meetings at 7am every morning. And I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, so I walked in that AA meeting and went every single day for a year. Um, at the same time, I met a girl named Allison. She was doing these boot camp things outside at 530 in the morning. And it was still light out at that time. Um, so I meet, would meet her and then after would go to AA. But then she got another job, personal training somewhere else. And I'm like, what am I going to do? My, my training friend is leaving. Um, but there so happened to be a gym that opened up across the street. So I had the AA meeting and then I started taking classes at the gym at six in the morning. Um, and then they were hiring someone at the for, uh, front desk person. So I'm like, that'd be perfect. My son was just about to go to preschool. I'm like, I can just do this little side job. Um, so I started working at the front desk and then my friend Hunter was like, I think you'd be a really good coach. Would you want to start interning? And that's when it all pretty much began. So I started interning and, um, I noticed uh, something very common with me and the women there. We're all in our forties. Some of them were, you know, in fifties and they would always be like, you know, we're not losing any weight. We work so hard. I'm like, I'm not either. And I work really hard. We need to get like, I need to get to the bottom of this. So I, st- I decided before to get my personal training cert that I would get my nutrition cert. And at the same time, I joined the inner circle and did started doing the unicorn challenge, weighing and measuring my food. And that's when everything like was like, oh my goodness, I'm eating too much healthy food. I'm starting to get it now. I'm seeing results. So that's like kind of how it all began. And then it, mor- it really morphed from there. And how do you feel that this experience that you, you know, you used to be a person who drank too much, you got sober, 
fitness has become part of your life. How do you feel that that impacts you as a coach? Like when you're coaching people, how does that inform it or help you as a coach? Um, I feel more empathetic because I can, I can totally understand. And I, you know, I get in being in your forties, I feel I have this, you know, also thought it was my hormones. So I got my hormones tested. That's, you know, all that stuff. I did like the spit test, you name it. And then, you know, they're like, there's really nothing wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I have to really get to the bottom of this. And, um, it's a hard pill to swallow when I I know I wasn't doing everything I should be. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, when it's almost like some kind of light bulb switch went off, it's like, okay, if I really want to do this, I have to do this Mm -hmm, kind of thing. Um, Um, when I coach people, there's so there's, there's, you know, obviously lots of different areas that impact a person's ability to lose weight, but one of them is definitely how much they drink. Right. And mm-hmm. most of these people don't actually have a problem with alcohol. It's just like, they don't have a, it's like, they're not like addicted to chocolate. They don't have a problem with it. They're just drinking too much of it um, to help them reach their goals. Right. Yeah. How, what is your best strategies, your best approaches for people who are like, I'm drinking and I don't seem to be able to lose weight. What are the strategies you help them use? Um, it, it's like, okay, what, you know, this is like a short term, I usually ask them questions like, you know, how, uh, you know, first, like how much are you drinking? It's not like you have to give it up. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll ask them, would you be willing to do like a 30 day challenge just to see, you know, like if we could see how, what results you can get in these 30 days when you stop drinking. Um, and some of them have taken me up on that and it's like their life has, it's like a light bulb, like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, also, you know, I think in what way, like they realize like how much they were drinking or they, they were either that? drinking too much or they're like, okay, that was the, what was holding me back because, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, like you said, they weren't like drinking every day. It would be like the, it's the weekend, you know, the going yeah. out and the barbecues and the parties. And, it, yeah. and also I think a lot of people feel there's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of adult peer pressure Yes, um, from other people. It's like, okay, you you know, you could just say, I'm not drinking right now. You don't have to really explain yourself. And I feel like people just have a hard time saying no. Yeah. People definitely have, and I'm just saying not all people, but there's definitely like this mommy wine culture. Like it's a really Mm. popular thing. I just, I don't drink. I'm not a person who's ever, um, indulged in alcohol. I just don't. And people are off put by it. They really are. And I think for a lot of people, it feels like a judgment on their choices. And frankly, I don't care. Like, I don't care if I'm at a party and you're drinking and I'm not drinking like zero impact on me, but it often bothers those people, right? They somehow feel judged or like, oh, maybe she's not going to be any fun or whatever it is. Right. Um, So yeah, this, this mommy wine culture is like a really big thing. Like people found it so funny. And I remember thinking like, I don't know that this is funny because it feels an awful lot like how I used to, like when I was struggling with obesity, my, and I'm putting this in bunny ears here in air quotes, (laughs) drug of choice was cereal and ice cream every night. Right. And so that's how I made it through the tough. Look, when kids are little, it's freaking hard. It is really hard to be a mom of little kids. And the words you used isolating that's yeah. how I thought. I felt very isolated. It was exhausting yet boring at the same mm-hmm. time, right? Like I'm very yeah. busy. There's a lot to do yet. My brain is like literally like shriveling up and dying inside <laughs> of my head. And for me, me time was me in a bottomless bowl of cereal <laughs> and like a book. And I feel like people have used wine in the same way, just kind of get through those, those 
those long days. Um, and even in just in other ways, when I, when I coach people around alcohol, a couple of approaches that seem to have worked well, and I'm going to guess that some of these approaches work well for you. One is, I love your idea of like, let's do a 30 day challenge, like no drinking and let's mm -hmm. see how that goes. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really solid approach. A couple of other ones I've used are like, let's do bright lines. Like when do you feel like a, you either drink without being able to be super moderate with it, or, um, it's just expendable. Like it's not important to you. And for one of my clients, she's like, I don't need to be drinking at home. She's like, I'm just going to cut that out. Like no yeah. drinking at home. I'm only drinking if I go out. That really helped to like kickstart her progress again. For another client, it was bright lines around drinking as far as number of drinks, right? Mm -hmm. So she was like, I can't, for her, it was two. There's no magic number, but she's like, I'm going to have two drinks. I'm going to have water between other drinks. And then the other one that was big is helping that person be the person in their social group who comes up with non-drinking ways to have fun. Because what she told me, she's like, that's just what we do. We drink all yeah. weekend, like every activity. I'm like, okay, but is that, um, like, does it have to be that way? She's like, well, right. it is that way. And I'm like, how could it be different? She's like, I guess I could come up with non-drinking things <laughs> to do. And I'm like, bingo. And that's not going to happen if that's the culture of your friend group. And so she did. And so she started when it was her turn to like do the hosting, she would come up with things that just did not involve drinking. Right. And these are big lifestyle changes for people to yeah. make. Like it's not easy stuff at all. Um, and then of course, what do you recommend when people are like, all right, I'm going to drink. But as far as like the actual calories in the drink, what are your go-tos for people? I, you know, I would say like, um, you know, vodkas and sodas, things like, you know, no fruit juices type things like diet, Pepsi, diet, seven up, you know, things like yeah. that. Um, and like, you'd, like you said, like bright line, um, you know, give yourself, you know, a minimum, like what's at what point do you feel that, um, and it's like, you know, like it's not necessarily the drink it's what we do after, right. Yeah. Um, the eating, and then it also affects our sleep. Absolutely. All of those things, like all the calories that come along with the alcohol, mm -hmm. whatever social experience you're having, right. There's usually food there too. And then the coming home and ordering takeout later, right. That, yeah. that was a big one with a lot of my clients. They're like, it probably wasn't the drinks as we came home when we got pizza after. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the messing with our sleep. That's a huge one. Like, gosh, if you're a woman in your forties, you're probably already having. Yeah. And that's, sleep. that's the thing, you know, we don't realize like the sleep alone is a trickle effect. If you're not getting it, it's like you said, like with our hormones and then the next day you don't want to move your body and then you just want to eat greasy food all day. Right. Right. And so, and sometimes the answer to that is we're just going to reduce the amount of alcohol. Fantastic yeah. advice there, Beth. Um, let's switch gears. Something you are hosting right now. And I know by the time that I publish this episode, it's going to be winding down. You're doing this Halloween candy, yeah. which I think is super cool. Explain to everybody what that is. Cause even though it's going to be over this one in particular, I think it is transferable to other times of the year, like Christmas cookie season and all of that kind of stuff. So tell us what is the Halloween candy challenge? You know, I got this idea from Katie. She's on your other podcast. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, like a few years ago. Right. And I actually messaged her a few years ago and I was like, do you mind if I do the candy challenge? I think it's great. And she's like, oh my God, go ahead. The more, the merrier. I didn't know. You. That's funny. I thought she got it from you because she was talking no. on her podcast how she was getting ready to do it. And in yeah, my so mind, I'm like, oh, she got that from Beth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause I was like, oh God, I have to, I have to message her and let her know I'm doing this. Um, this, yeah, I guess it was like two, what did the first one a couple of years ago? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, creating like abundance rather than scarcity and realizing that it's okay to have like a sweet treat every single day. 
Um, we don't have to have the whole bag of candy on Halloween and then take it all the way till New Year's Day. Yes. And what I found out, I've gotten messages from people is that they're like, I don't really even want the Twix, but I feel like I'm not doing the candy challenge anymore. I'm like, actually you are. And that's the whole point of it. You've won the candy <laughs> challenge. <laughs> that's what we want. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't put it up on a pedestal anymore because you know, you can have it tomorrow. Yeah. It's a really good approach. Typically I find with people, there's like three good approaches that work. And really two are the ones that I tend to go to. Or one is the one you're doing. If people are struggling, whether it's chips or pretzels or candy mm -hmm. or whatever it is, one is the like, let's have a little bit each day. Right. Yeah. And, um, learn that we can be people who eat these things in moderation, which is a big part of the puzzle because people define themselves like I'm a chocoholic. Right. I'm, you know, I always overeat candy. Right. And so we have these self-fulfilling prophecies like oh yeah. the bag of candy's here like I'm a chocoholic what do I do I eat all the candy right so I like this approach of we're going to have a little bit each day some people it's just not a good fit for for my personality it never worked for me mm -hmm. actually years and years and years ago right when I first started working with Jordan I was telling him and he's like that doesn't make you any better of a person Kim because another coach I had kind of like sort of worked with um, was very much of the mindset of you should be able to have the food all around your house and you should be able to eat it in little bites. And right. I was really struggling with, with pretzels with this. He's like, you're not a better person because you like white knuckle through the pretzels. It's like, get rid of the frigging pretzels. <laughs> right. And so the, so this is one of the other approaches I use is like, it's not like I stopped eating pretzels. I just stopped keeping the bag in my cupboard. And if I was going to have pretzels, I would have pretzels when I went to my friend's house or I went mm -hmm. to a party because I could moderate the portions. It's another great way to work on it. Yeah. You, know, you know, so if I have a client who struggles with Snickers, we plan in Snickers, but she goes to the store to like the 7-Eleven and buys a Snickers because it's like, a, it's a portion controlled piece right. of Snickers. You can't overeat the Snickers if you only bought one. So yeah. that's another good approach. And then the third approach, which I don't find works as well, um, but I know for some people it really does. It's I've not had clients be super successful with this. And that is like unlimited amounts, like put the candy in a bowl, right. And just yeah. eat it as much as you want. Right. Not like your idea of like, we're going to have a piece of the meal, just eat as much till you like, it's, you're just so sick of it that it's just become, you know, kind of like this un, uh, unlimited, out by it. <laughs> right. And I know some people say this works. I haven't seen it work fantastic. Have you had success with that? I haven't heard of that approach yet. No. Yeah. A lot of people are like, it's kind of more heading towards that intuitive eating, like additional yeah. permission to eat things is the key to um, help you just stop craving it so much. But I kind right. of feel like your approach to that is a similar way, but yeah. in a way that's more calorie controlled so they can still see immediate success right now. Um, yeah. But I think people kind of picking apart, like which one is a better fit for me. Yeah, that's works. true. Cause everyone is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a great idea that people could use this like heading into the holiday season. So yeah. if you guys are listening and you're like, I know I'm going to eat Christmas cookies from the day I start baking them. First of all, guys, you could start baking them later. That's always my strategy. I don't start baking cookies December 1st, <laughs> right? I bake cookies starting like December 14th. It's just you know, kind of setting up my environment for success. But if you're like, we bake on December 1st, like you could have a Christmas cookie literally every day. Yeah. Have right? a with each meal and track it. And track it. And know that you can have more tomorrow. I think that's, that's we have the mindset of like, it's not going to be available. So I'm going to eat all of them at one time. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, guys, you can bake Christmas cookies in July and right. you can get a mini Reese's in October and you can also get it in June and you can get it in February. Like we really do have this mindset when we're in it and like we must have mini Reese's right now. It's somehow like they're going somewhere. Where the fuck yeah, is right. going? They're not going anywhere. 
<laughs> they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that creating that abundance mindset is super duper important. Um, okay, next thing I want to talk to you about. You have made a name for yourself, Miss Beth Barocco, on TikTok <laughs> oh God. as a mythbuster, right? So if you guys are not yeah. on TikTok, get on TikTok. If you are on TikTok, you got to look at Beth there because she cracks me up every single time I go off. <laughs> you're, you're hilarious. And she's like, BS is not making it by Beth Barocco Fitness. It's just no. not going to stand there. Tell us some recent, what are some of the recent myths you've busted Oh my goodness. Give us like it the is insane point. over there. Let's see. Uh, well, the last one kind of is the cesspool, right? It, the cesspool of fitness and nutrition information yeah. is to be found on TikTok. And it, there's so much misinformation. You just don't even realize it. Uh, <laughs> the last one I did was this girl. Um, she was telling every, you know, everyone to do the carnivore diet. Um, so meat, cheese, and eggs. She says, don't eat any veggies, no veggies, no fruit. All that is bad. Right. And then she made that video saying that the calorie deficit is not how you lose weight. And I was like, uh, and that's when I, I went nuts. Cause I, I, you just get so tired of the misinformation at some point. And I was like, that is literally the only way, like it's anyone since the beginning of time. If you lost weight on keto, if you've lost weight on intermittent fasting, it's because you were in a calorie deficit. Um, and that got like 3 million, whatever hits on that video. Uh, it's like the biggest wow. one I've done yet. It was crazy. Did but she respond to you. She did. And then she blocked me and then she turned oh. off her, co- she turned off her comments, um, on that post. Got it. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of response, 11,000 comments on that video and probably 50% of them were people that did not even know what a calorie deficit was with their, with, with how they answered. Isn't that interesting? You know, yeah. As, as fitness professionals, sometimes we feel like we're broken records and we're like, mm-hmm. I can't possibly do another post on calorie deficits because everybody right. knows it because we say it all the time, but they really don't. They no. really don't know it. Um, yeah. And so interesting, the carnivore diet, I, to me, it is just a massive red flag when somebody says don't eat vegetables. Yeah. It's a massive red flag. Yeah. Anybody listening, any we diet. Fiber. We need fiber in our diet. If somebody says vegetables are the problem. That should, that should cause uh, your ears to perk up and be like, well, yeah. this is probably not a good diet. All right. Tell us another one. So you've been um, now, frankly, guys, the carnivore diet would work if you were in a calorie deficit. I don't think that makes it healthy. I don't think it's sustainable, but if you ate the carnivore diet in a calorie deficit, and I think it's probably easier to eat the carnivore diet in a calorie deficit because nobody wants to eat that much friggin' meat. Remember Jordan's diet tried it for just a yeah. couple of days. You he didn't, didn't do so well. feel well. <laughs> like, I, he didn't feel well. It's disgusting. Like I would not want to eat that amount of meat. I remember year, the carnivore diet is like basically like Atkins diet, like supercharged, right? I did the Atkins diet. Like I've done every day. Yeah, me too. I remember one time I was doing it and I'm like, I cannot eat one more pile of ham or one more pile of shrimp. Like it was piles and piles of this. And the reason I think it can help people be calorie controlled is nobody wants to eat that much protein. Right. You get so full. Yeah. You just like, I, I want, you know, I want bread, but you can't have bread. Right. So um, for me, it's just a no go. It's just, it's not sustainable. Who wants to live like that the rest of their lives? Yeah. All right. So tell us another one. Um, that, that fruit is bad. Mm. Um, that's, that's another one that's coming up. There's too much sugar in fruit. Um, which, where do you think that that comes from? Because gosh, we, hear I don't know. we do, we hear it's, it a it's lot. interesting to me. It's like, okay. They're like, um, fruit, sugar is sugar. I'm like, but fruit has fiber. 
I, you know, um, your body also doesn't recognize the difference between, um, refined sugar and sugar that's in fruit. Um, I, and you know what, Kim, do you think that I feel like there should be more education about nutrition in school? Oh my gosh. I just made a post about this the other day. Did you? I, I did because it's ridiculous. Like when I'm like, my daughter came home from gym class, she's doing a unit on Frisbee. And I'm like, this is how we're spending our time. I don't need you to spend 45 minutes learning how to play Frisbee. Right. Right. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I teach my kids a lot about nutrition, but my kids aren't learning about nutrition. And we spend our time with grown adults trying to help them unlearn the mm-hmm. misinformation where if they had come out of school, it's kind of like, I feel like kids need to learn more things about money in school. Like they don't learn right. life skills and right. understanding like what is a calorie deficit? Not that I'm saying we need to teach our children how to diet right. in school, but they wouldn't necessarily need to diet if we help them understand energy balance. Yeah. Calorie. This is how many calories in an apple. This is right. what an app, like all of these things that yeah. they learned this stuff yeah, we would be, we would, our careers would be very different if, right. if our, if teenagers and even younger than teenagers learned these things, mm-hmm. I feel like it would, great. it'd be, it's easier. It would be easier to teach a child than an adult right now. Yeah, uh, because it's so, unlearning. Yes. And I will say, I feel like the women I, I coach though, they struggle with these concepts because they've struggled with it for so long when the light bulbs go on. Like it's strong because they, they've tried the, they've tried all these ridiculous ways. Um, so in some ways I feel like we, in our generation, like by the time you get to 45, 50, 55, you do have a little bit of an edge because you've tried all the BS stuff and it didn't work, right. It didn't work as in it wasn't sustainable. So I feel like they're a little more open to like, it's okay. Clearly it wasn't these 20 things I tried. right? Right. But it's sad that they struggled with their weight for decades yeah. based on misinformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the whole fruit one because it feels really logical to me. Like, oh, like eat an apple. Like if I want to lose weight, like snacking on an apple versus uh, gummy bears, they're both sugar, right? But yeah. one feels like it's going to logically make more sense, but that's not really how many people are are talking about it in social media and it confuses the heck out of people. It does. It it really does. It's sad. It is sad. (laughs) All right. So the fruit one, carbs, that's another one that really is hard for people to grasp that carbohydrates aren't the problem. They don't make us, they're not what makes us fat. Um, you know, just yesterday I had a woman ask me, she's like, cause I made like a grocery haul and I was like, this is how you meal prep on Sundays this is, this is what my week looks like. And I put like my meals on the table together. Um, and I was like, I have this for breakfast every day. It was like a loaf of bread and peanut butter. And she's like, well, how much of the, that do you eat a day? Um, do you eat more than a couple slices? Cause it's, it is bread. And I'm like, it's okay. I actually have this. I have sandwiches. I have toast. Um, I'm like, what is wrong? She's like, but that's a lot of carbohydrates. Yeah. And it's very hard for people to grasp, um, that common. Yeah, absolutely. We are terrified of carbs. We are a society that has demonized them to the point. Um, it is hard for people to trust that they can eat carbs and lose weight. I think one of the best things for people in that situation is to try it. Like let's try putting you in a deficit, including carbs and see what happens. And people are always like, mesmerized when they're like, well, how did that work? <laughs> like, right. Right. Yeah. That can't be right. 
it's like people actually fear. I've had a client that she didn't have a potato for like five years. She's like, this is the first time I've had potatoes in five years. I'm like, wow. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't surprise me that you say that, but I wish that wasn't the case. And the crazy thing is potatoes are high on the satiety index. They're one of the most satiating foods. So yeah, what that means guys is it, and I'm not talking about like a loaded potato where you put like three pounds of peas (laughs) on it, but if you're eating potatoes, they can actually help you stay fuller longer because they're one of the most satiating, satisfying foods. So you don't need to be afraid of potatoes. Um, And I think the other thing with the whole like carbs make you fat thing is what people consider carbs, right? When people think carbs, they think donuts, pizza. These aren't carbs, guys. These are foods that are like calorie bombs of carbs, fats, salt, sugar. Mm -hmm. They're hyper palatable foods that we struggle to moderate total calories with. And so when we, and I'm not saying you can't have those foods, but if that's your definition of a carb, that would go a long way towards describing why you're struggling to be in a calorie deficit. Right. Hence the education in school. <laughs> yes. Which comes back to that. It really does. It really does. I wish there were more of more of that for our kids. Yes. Um, luckily they're on TikTok. Hopefully they're finding you, Beth. Hopefully they're finding you. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned your weekly meal prep. What does it look like for you? What does your weekly meal prep look like? Um, it's, you know, I think, do you feel like some people overcomplicate meal prep? Uh, for me, yeah. I know, I know I used to, I keep it really simple. It's like, okay. Um, usually Saturday, Sunday, I'll start to think, okay, what do I want for my protein this week? Um, and usually it's like shredded chicken in the, in the instant pot. So I can make salads, burritos, tacos. And so that's, you know, my base. And then I kind of, you know, build around that. I'll have things quick. Cause you know, I work from home. I'll have like snack, um, Greek yogurts, light string cheese. Um, I always, um, have like English muffins for like a English muffin, um, sandwich for my breakfast. And I kind of eat the same things, but you know, it'll switch every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but eat what I love. Like right now I'm obsessed with Caesar salad. So I saw that on your story. I got a rotisserie chicken and I've been eating Caesar salad, um, every day so far since Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you can make that low calorie too, just, and you can have a whole head of romaine lettuce. And I got some croutons and like the bolt house Caesar dressing and rotisserie chicken. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of good tips there. One, um, eating foods on repeat is a really great strategy Mm -hmm. when you're trying to lose weight. And what you just described does not feel like it's going to take a whole lot of time. Yeah. And I think when people hear meal prep, like you said at the beginning, like people have overcomplicated it. You know, I used to follow these accounts on um, Instagram, like they would have these amazing meal preps and everything was in like matching like Tupperwares and like perfectly portioned and like their whole dining room table would be covered in their food. Right. And I remember thinking like, I am never going to do that. Like <laughs> things that I'm not going to have time for or make time for in my life. Yeah. And I think people think that when they think meal prep and that it's a valid way to meal prep, but that's like, that's like one level of meal prep. And the the way on the other end can literally just be meal planning as in like write down what you're going to eat and make sure you have the food in your house. And there's this whole like spectrum of meal prepping in between. And I think yours is like a nice middle of the road one. It's really similar to what I do. Like I plan what my meals are going to be. I buy the food and I usually cook some form of protein in a batch and either have it in the freezer 
um, or just have it ready to go in the fridge. And then I have like fruits and vegetables on yeah. hand, right? So when we say meal prep, guys, it doesn't have to be something that's going to take hours and hours. Right. You easily, if you could commit to even like 30 minutes a week of meal prepping or an hour a week of meal prepping, wow, you'd be in so much of a better yeah. place. I call it like batch. I just like batch cook, right? And, yeah. then, and then as I need my meals, that's when I kind of like measure them out. So it's like a batch cook my chicken. And I'll also every week, I also pre-cut veggies that don't go soggy. So I have cucumbers, carrots, um, peppers, and they're all like, I pre-chop them and put them in a bowl. So then I can put them on top of my salads. And I do buy the pre-made salad bags because they're quick, simple. Yes. I, I throw out the dressing because I don't want, I don't want the dressing. It's extra calories for me. I like my bowl yeah. house. Um, and that's I do the way. same thing with those bag salads, the dressing to me, it's, and look, you could drink, you could drink, don't drink the dressing, but you could <laughs> use that dressing. Yeah. Um, for me, it's never worth the calories because mm -hmm. I have, so I have lower calorie dressings that I enjoy. And there are other mm -hmm. ways I'd rather use my, those extra calories. But if you're a person who likes like a, you know, a richer dressing, those are definitely um, a possibility. You know, one of the things I think about you all the time, Beth, whenever I do it, oh. Beth has an amazing way to, if you make crock pot chicken, Beth, tell them what you do to shred your chicken. It's not two forks, guys. That's dumb. Don't the do hand, that. the hand blender. You hand blend the sh and shred it. I forgot I where I learned that. that was I saw that on your stories, and it was like ding, ding, ding. I'm like, how did I go this far in life without thinking about that? So much easier than the two forks. So the two oh forks take me. I'm like, oh, I know. I'm like, oh, I've got so many things to do, but I gotta shred my stupid chicken. Right. Get that hand mixer out, and it's it's mm -hmm. like a minute later, and it's done so much better. Like it's oh, really yeah. finely shredded. Like it's the perfect stuff to put on salads or tacos. So yeah, Beth, Beth Farrako changed my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Beth, what are your personal fitness goals right now? What do you got coming up? You know what, Kim, for the first time ever, I don't have one really. And you know what? It, it's like a kind of like a relief for me because I feel like for the past five or six years, I've always been trying to, I always, always had a goal, like, well, I'm going to run a half marathon. I'm going to, you know, train for a marathon, or I'm going to try to deadlift this and, or I'm going to do an ab challenge for 12 weeks. And, you know, there's always been something, or I, you know, counting calories for this. And, um, in, I think it's the end of the end of August, I started struggling a lot with anxiety. And I think, um, I know for, well, I'm going to be 49, started getting hot flashes at night. I mean, it was like really bad. Like I wasn't sleeping. Um, and the, the anxiety just riddled me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting rid of my fitness. I'm not tracking calories right now. I can't, I could barely eat at that point. Finally, you know, I saw the doctor and she, you know, helped me with some medication that actually stopped the night sweats. Um, and I'm feeling so much better now. I'm sleeping the best I've Wait, probably can I ask you, What are you taking? What's helping with the night? Um, I'm taking Celexa, like a, like a 10 milligrams. Okay. Um, and she said it's an anti-anxiety, um, that actually helps people, women in perimenopause as well. She's like, awesome. it's, it's known for helping them with hot flashes. And, and it actually, I've never slept so good in probably a few years. Amazing. No, no hot flashes. Um, my anxiety is pretty much gone right now. So that's helped a lot, but I, it just kind of made me realize I'm not going to focus. I'm focused on maintaining. I don't need to lose any weight. Uh, I don't really want to do anything else. I still strength train three to four days a week. And now I'm just maintaining and that's my goal right now is just my business and like 
yes. living, my, living my life. I feel like this is what I worked up to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And so for you, like you're in a maintenance as far as like, even as far as like your workouts, not just even your weight, just like, I just want to maintain my strength. I want to maintain yeah. my, my level of fitness. And it's yeah. something I do. This is my habit. This is good for me, but yeah. I don't have any like big lofty goals to run or lift or anything like that. Right. No. Amazing. And, you know, we all go through stages like that. I have too. I struggle when I get to a stage like that. Cause I feel like, I feel like my training goes to poo. <laughs> I do that. I'm really driven by like some sort of goal. Like yeah. I train better when I have that. And I change the thing all the time, what the thing is going to be. Um, I think we're just all built differently that way. Yeah. I also made it a point that I actually, so the gym that I used to work at my um, friend Hunter, who's my old boss, he's now my personal trainer. So okay. I, I make a schedule every week. I meet him on Tuesday and Fridays at eight 30. And he coaches me. Oh, that's fantastic. So I'm out of my house. It gets me away. And then six, uh, let's see, on Monday and Wednesday, I go to like a six in the morning class just to get movement. Um, oh, I love that. And so I do. Yeah. So that's a good strategy is to have somebody that you're meeting with to like be held accountable mm -hmm. for. I actually, um, I reached out to some of my friends. I'm like, look, because I'm so busy with business too. It's so interesting. Those of us who get heavily involved in coaching mm -hmm. online and we're building businesses, sometimes our own training can really suffer because yeah. there's only so many hours in a day and we're really passionate about what we do. And it takes a lot of time to not only serve our clients, but to produce our content, you know, make our podcast, all these things. And so I found um, my training, I was always cutting it short. I'd be like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to do the first two lifts. I don't really have time. And so I reached out to my friend and I'm like, I will be your trainer. If you just come be my training partner, right. just show up at my gym. And like, I will, I will coach you while we're training. Cause That's then smart. I'll do it. I will do it because I'm not, I don't get on my phone. And like, it's yeah. not like 15 minutes later. And I'm like answering someone's DM. Like when she's yeah. here, we just chat for a bit in between sets. It's really been helping me the past month. That's awesome. To like get the workout in full workout, not cheat myself not yeah. take too long a break. So yeah, having a, a workout buddy is, is a good. Yeah. I have a full gym in my basement and I, I was like, I'm not getting anything done. Uh, it would take two hours for me that I would be on TikTok, make videos or answer DMs. Me too. Yeah. Like, it's just not, not doing anything for me. It's true. I totally feel you there. All right. You ready for a speed round? How do you sure. feel about speed? Okay, here we go. Okay. Remember we're going fast here. You can't think too long. Okay. <laughs> Breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast? Dinner for breakfast. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. What would be your go-to? Uh, I like a good rice bowl. Oh, yum. Hiking or running? Hiking. Me too. Beth has oh. climbed Mount Katahdin multiple times. I'm super impressed by that. Oh, that's, yeah. That's... that's a no joke of a mountain. No, it isn't. Way to go. It's amazing. All right. Upper body workout or lower body workout? Upper. Yeah? Yeah. What is your favorite lift? Deadlift. Even though I said upper That's body. That's not an upper body. I know, but I do. I love like, I love the, uh, I love just working my upper body, but I love doing deadlifts. Woman of contradictions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite macro-friendly meal? Macro-friendly meal. I'd have to say, um... Oh my goodness. This speed, Beth, speed. I know. Okay. My shredded chicken, like, uh, on top of like rice, a little bit of avocado and some salsa. 
Nice. I saw you doing some weird TikTok trend food the other day. What the heck was that? It was weird. What did you make that was strange recently? Hmm. And then I heard, I'm like, what the heck is Beth eating? And then I saw it was a TikTok trend. It was like maybe two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. It was weird. I think. Is it the salmon, the Emily Mariko? Yes. It was, what, what really was good. in that? What um, was it? That's the seaweed. It was seaweed. Seaweed, avocado, mm-hmm. salmon, and rice with kupi uh, mayo and um, soy sauce. And you said it was good, but I was oh. looking at the ingredients. I'm like, what the heck is that? It was really good. Really yeah, good. It's, like, oh. it's like a deconstructed sushi bowl. Have you seen this thing on TikTok? I, I can't believe it's a thing. I want to make a video about it. That it's vegan bacon, that it's made out of banana peels. No, oh, no, no. They take bacon. They take... They're pretending it's bacon. They're pretending it's bacon. So they take banana peels. And my daughter was like, do you think it's good? I'm like, also it's a banana peel. Like how could it be good? But they take it and they soak it in like a concoction that has like liquid smoke and I don't know what other seasonings and they they soak it and then they fry it up and eat it like bacon. Mm -hmm. Beth really looks, she looks really interested in trying this. I can tell by her face. You guys can't see it. There's nothing like the real deal. (laughs) I was like, I don't think I want to eat banana peel for any reason. Okay. Back to the speed round. One more, one more speed round question. Physical feat that you are most proud of. What have you done physically that you're most proud of? Trained for a half, uh, trained for a full marathon, but because of COVID it got, uh, canceled. Did you ever do it? Did you do it on your own? No, uh, no, but I ran, um, it was like the last training week before. So I, I was ready to basically do the marathon. So around like 17 or 18 miles. That's a long way to run. Yeah. In my neighborhood. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's a long way to run. What is next for Beth Farrako Fitness? What's coming up? Just concentrating. I think concentrating on my podcast um, with Matt Lauerfit, Beth and Matt. Uh, Cut the crack with Beth and Matt. That's Cut been um, really fun to do. Amazing. So they can find you there um, on all podcasting platforms, right? Yep. And where else can people find you? Um, TikTok, Instagram, Beth Rocco Fitness, and Beth definitely Rocco look Fitness. her up on TikTok. She's hilarious. You're so funny. Sometimes I don't even know it's going to be a video from you because there's something stupid going on, and I'm like looking back and forth, and all of a sudden Beth appears is like yelling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh good, this, this, this nonsense isn't going to stand. Beth's going to rip oh. them apart. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Beth. Thank this you. Fantastic. I appreciate you and yeah. all the good that you put out into the world. Thank you, Kim. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Mm-hmm.